Hey, lovely freaks, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. And I'm Hannah. And if you're new here, hi, welcome. If you like things strange and unusual and true crime, you can go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button. You can also head down to the description box and you'll see a link that will take you to our link tree and that'll give you access to all of our social media, Twitter, Instagram, and all that jazz. And all that jazz. Yeah. All right, guys, so we're back. We've been gone for two weeks. Yep, it's been a hot minute. But I told you all the reason why was because, you know, holidays are over the weekends and we just figured we'd spend time with our families and everything um, instead of worrying about all that, doing research and stuff. Um, and then my husband was getting ready to leave for a month, so we and the kids wanted to spend time with him and do stuff with him. So, yeah, we've just been busy, busy, busy. But we should be back on track now, um, and we should be pumping them out for you guys. We, I did want to say that we may, um, not next time, but in the near future, we might start doing a Twitch channel. Um, I'm going to put like a poll up and see how you guys feel about that. And maybe stop YouTube? Question mark. Yeah. There's just some things that YouTube has been putting out lately. Um, new guidelines and things like that. Like, we're not monetized yet, so we don't really have to worry about it. But if we ever did get to that point. Um, cursing is one of the things that they don't want people doing now. Uh, yeah, and so we do that a lot. We do that a lot. So we might not make any money off of our videos ever if we ever get to that point. So, I don't know. My husband does Twitch, and uh, he really likes it, you know, and... He's already an affiliate, so, and that didn't take him very long, so we, we just thought about it. So, let us know what you guys think in the comments, and of course, we'll still stick with, like, Spotify and iTunes and all that, so <clears throat> that's no big deal. But, anyways, without further ado, I guess we'll get into today's case. So, today's case, I'm going to put a disclaimer right up front that um, there is lots of different topics in this. Um, obviously child murder uh sexual assaults um just different things and it's it's pretty hard to like comprehend this is a child that a, a child murder essentially um and we've done these before but sometimes they're hard to like wrap your head around and like comprehend that somebody this little could do something like this but yeah. anyway so today we're going to talk about Paris Bennett Now, he's actually up for parole in 2027, I believe, and I doubt he gets it, Um, but he's supposed to get out in 2047 uh, because he only got a 40-year sentence, obviously because he was a child at the time, and he, um, there's an interview with him. I watched some of the interview, and we'll talk about that. Um, There's a few interviews, but I watched one of them in particular, and, uh, He's a, he's, you can't really diagnose someone as a psychopath. Like, that's not a diagnosis, but he has all the psychopathic tendencies is what the doctors say and specialists. So, it's very rare to find someone that actually has a lot of psychopathic tendencies. Like, Mm -hmm. I only think there's maybe only, like, five serial killers or or killers that have been diagnosed that way. Um, Ted Bundy being one of them, Ed Gein. So, yeah, you get the picture. So, Paris was born October 10th, 1993. His mother's name is Charity Lee, and she was born in Georgia. 
because we're going to talk a minute about her. So when she was a little girl, her dad actually owned a trucking company and they were pretty financially well off. Like they had a lot of land. They were pretty rich, I guess you could say. Um, but unfortunately her father was murdered when she was only around seven. And after this, her mother remarried like Charity said like six or seven times, like over the course of her life. Dang. So her mom and her did not get along very well. Her mom was actually like, she said she was a little cold and distant and her childhood was just not the greatest after her father died. Mm-hmm. When Charity was 17, she unfortunately started to use drugs to cope with her life and her mother. And she, her mom found out and kicked her out of the house. She ended up getting clean after this and going to a halfway house. And when she was in the halfway house, she got pregnant about three months later with Paris. She turned her life around after this. And she said that, like, he essentially saved her life. Having him saved her life. Paris's father left the picture shortly after he was born. So, basically, it was just mom and son. Charity said that Paris was very talented and was an extremely talented artist as well. He was also... Excuse me. He was also considered a genius. Um, he had an IQ of, he has an IQ of like 140, which is genius level. Not very, yeah. I mean, there's not very many people in the world that have an IQ it's that It's really I, weird that they have like either a really high IQ or a really low IQ. Yeah. Yeah. There's no. No in between. In between there. <laughs> um, his teachers loved him and thought that he was just a joy in class. Charity did become pregnant with her daughter when Paris was about eight years old. And Charity said that Paris was, um, hold on, not excited about having a little brother or sister. He was kind of like, you know, every time somebody would talk about it, he'd go to the other room and he just wasn't really, he never wanted to like touch the belly or anything like that. Um, so she was kind of nervous. She was kind of like, okay, well, and I think maybe it was probably because he was an only child for so long. So yeah. like, you know, he thought this baby's gonna, you know, come in and ruin my mom and <laughs> me's relationship or whatever. Yeah. Um, but when his sister Ella was born in 2002, he was in love with her from the very beginning. Ella and Paris became very close. Charity was so happy that, you know, Paris took on the role of the big brother very well. Soon after Ella was born, her father left the picture as well. Of course. Yeah. And Charity has said that Ella had, like, a cute personality. She was the Miss Bossy Pants. She was sassy. And um, Ella also loved her big brother. Like, they would play all the time. There's um, videos of them playing together and, you know, being silly together and stuff like that. Family and friends would see Ella in Paris and... Um, they would say, like, it, he, he would play with, like, I think she was, like, one or two, and they were just playing together in, like, ball pits and stuff, and he was just a, a, a good big brother. He would also, like, help her pick her clothes out, and they would do, like, fashion shows and things like that, so really cute. Their little family seemed to be thriving and full of love. Unfortunately, this would take a turn that no one saw coming. When Paris was 11, Charity relapsed from drugs, unfortunately. And she basically let life and stress pretty much get her, you know, frazzled. Um, I think she was trying to start a company, if I remember correctly. And it just kind of didn't, it didn't really work out. Mm -hmm. So because of the stress and everything, she started using cocaine again. However, she only did this for about six months before she was like, I got to get clean. Like I can't 
you know, relapse and have my kids see me like this. So it was a good thing that, she, you know, it, don't, it, did, it only good. lasted for six yeah. months. Charity has said that she felt Paris had been, that she said that she felt that maybe Paris felt like he had been betrayed because she had relapsed and um, their relationship just didn't seem to be the same after that. Paris was starting to develop anger issues. Charity moved back in with her mom and that was like a whole thing because her and her mom did not get along. You know, she got kicked out of the house when she was 17 and they just didn't get along. So she didn't really move back, but she knew that she had to because she needed to get back on her feet. And um, so the tension in the house was just very tumultuous, I guess you could say. One night in particular, um, Paris was like scared the shit out of them basically because, and this was like kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. He had been displaying other like anger issues and things like that, punching walls and getting mad about things and stuff like that. But this night he broke one of Ella's toys. I don't know if it was on purpose or an accident or whatever, but Charity got mad at him and she was like, you know don't do that she was you know getting on to him and uh he picked up a knife and start like a kitchen knife started waving it around in the house and you know yelling and stuff like that and then he ran out the door so charity and the grandmother how old ran is, after how him old is paris right now um he's 11 or 12 okay and ella is probably two three, two, three. okay yeah um so, they ran after him. Luckily, they called him and, like, wrestled him to the ground or whatever and got the knife away from him. Um, Paris had never acted like this specifically, you know, with, like, a threatening bodily harm to someone. Just, you know, anger issues, slamming doors, punching walls, shit like that. A teenager. Yeah. You? Yeah. So, after this, Charity decided, okay, I'm going to check him into a psychiatric facility, which, good on her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he only stayed there for a week. And one other thing to note is that this hospital stay, about this hospital stay, is that when she went to pick him up um, after a week, you know, they didn't take her anywhere into a private room and have a conversation with her, nothing like that. They were just like, oh, he's better, he's fine, you know, blah, blah, blah. So later on, they found some files on Paris from the psychiatric facility, like after things go shit crazy um and one of the notes in the papers from one of the doctors said quote obsessed with shooting and killing as well as having homicidal and suicidal ideas wow but they never told her this now the grandmother released her and released him in a week that is crazy now the grandmother says that they which their relationship is tumultuous anyways. The grandmother says, yes, they did tell her this. She just ignored it. Oh. And the mom's like, no, they absolutely did not. Uh, but whatever the case, I just think who, whether they told her or not, what the hell ever, it doesn't really matter. I just don't understand why they let him out. Yeah. In a week. Like, obviously this kid needed long-term psychiatric help. Maybe they <laughs> did tell her, but, but she didn't want to tell everybody else because... I would understand why she didn't send him back because they released him in a week. So she probably thought, okay, he has those tendencies, but maybe he's not going to act on them or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe she's trying really hard. She was trying really hard to deny all that. Yeah. Well, she swears to this day that she never knew about 
that. Like, they never told her. Which wouldn't completely shock me. I mean, if the psychiatric facility is overwhelmed, overran, overworked, they just... If they don't see an immediate threat, they're just going to be like, okay, it's good to go. Bye. (laughs) You know? Um, So, Paris also would bang his head against the wall to the point where he would start bleeding. He would also make aggressive gestures towards his sister. um, Like, put his hands around her like pretend like he's choking her but not you know, actually choke her you know um he would that's my cats if y'all heard that they're parkouring up in the house um he would also like ball his fist up at her you know if he got mad or whatever but he never physically hurt anybody so his mom was kind of like thinking maybe he just had severe anger issues you know yeah um so in 2007 Paris at this time is 13 and Ella is four. And this is when they settled down in Albany, Texas. So this brings us to February 4th. This was Super Bowl weekend. Charity had a job at Buffalo Wild Wings. So she was like working late that night because it was Super Bowl weekend. And they're super packed. So Ella and Paris are at home along with the babysitter. Mm-hmm. The babysitter said that they went out to eat. They went and got food. They came back and watched a movie. And then the babysitter takes Ella to bed. When she comes back down, Paris goes to the babysitter, and this is around 10 o'clock, and he's, like, talking to her. And then somehow, I don't know how that conversation went, and I don't, I couldn't find anything about how that conversation went. But somehow he convinced her to leave, and mom will be back soon, so it's no big deal. I'm old enough to, like, watch us type situation. Hmm. Um, unfortunately, after... She leaves, like, not too long after she leaves. Um, Gets down the driveway, gets out of there, whatever. Paris goes to the kitchen and gets a long butcher knife, goes back to Ella's room, and stabs her 17 times while she's asleep. Oh, my God. After this, he calls a friend. Don't know how that conversation went, but he calls a friend. He's on the phone with him for about six minutes. We do know that. Then he gets off the phone and calls 911. In the audio, there's audio, but um, essentially it says, uh, Paris said, I accidentally killed somebody. And the operator said, you killed somebody? And he said, no, I know I did. I woke up and I was hallucinating. She said, you're hallucinating? He said, yes, I thought my little sister was a demon and I killed her. She said, I want you to perform CPR, okay? He said, no, I know for a fact that she's definitely dead. And he's, like, crying during this and, like, Mm. sounds hysterical. Yeah. Um, She said, no, I don't... um, He said, said, no, I don't think that'll help. Because she said, come on, Paris, work with me. I want you to take your hands and push on her chest. And he... You can hear him, like, in the background, kind of, like, saying one, two, three. She told him to do it, like, 30 times. Mm -hmm. And so... He sounds like he's scared and he's like sobbing on the phone. He also sounds like he's actually doing CPR. However, when the med- the paramedics arrive and the police, they notice that he has not done CPR at all. Hmm. Um, Charity has said later on that she, when she's listened to the recording of the 911 tape, she says that she, um, she knew like something was off with the 911 tape because he doesn't usually cry. Like, when he cries and he's upset, it doesn't sound like that. He's like he was overplaying it, you know what I mean? Try to be manipulative. So, the the police arrest him 
and after they arrive, because they don't really, you know, he, he, he did admit that he killed her. He just said that he did it because she was, he was hallucinating. So that they still have to take him downtown and question him and things like that. So after they do this, they arrive at Charity's work about, uh, 12.30 a.m. They tell her that there's been an accident and Ella was hurt. She starts to say, well, take me to her, take me to her, you know. And then they say, no, ma'am, we can't because she's passed away. So oh. in this moment, she then immediately started asking, like, where's Paris? Is he hurt? You know, she's probably, I don't know what she's thinking, but in my mind, I would be thinking somebody, somebody broke, broke into the, the house. house <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, so they proceed to tell her that they have him in custody and tell her basically what happened. So, at first, Charity does believe that this is an accident, and she does believe that maybe Paris was hallucinating. Um, I'm not sure why. Maybe because she knew he was mentally ill in the first place, so maybe Probably she thought... Probably she's in shock, and she just is like, okay, and can't believe that her son yeah, did this. did this. So, when the police interview him in the interview room, um, he tells them basically the same story, you know... But this time, he tells them that he was asleep next to Ella, which is weird because they have their own rooms and he wouldn't sleep with her. He also said that he woke up terrified and when he looked over at Ella, she was covered in flames and was a demon. The police um, basically knew, like, okay, he's lying because they already knew about the CPR thing. He didn't have any tears when he was telling the story, like... He was trying to cry, but there was nothing coming out. Mm. Um, and so they pretty much knew he was, like, lying. So after, I don't know how many days after, but they they finally got the autopsy report back from um, Ella. And it pretty much showed that Paris was guilty right off the bat. The report was absolutely shocking for everyone. It showed that Ella had actually been beaten, strangled stabbed and there was semen found on the bed where she had been and there was also semen found in the pants that Paris was wearing. They found on Paris's computer that that night he had been searching um, BDSM and bondage and stuff like that and also watching snuff films. Mm-hmm. Which is not to say that if somebody that does that is going to do this. We're just saying yeah. that for a 13 year old that's not something he needs to be watching especially if he's got a mental problem in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, after finding this out, Charity was pretty much outraged, and she now know, she now knew that, like, Paris murdered Ella. She goes to the jail to confront him, and she tells him, I know you did this on purpose. I know you're lying. And she said all of a sudden, she could see a shift in his face, almost like she she was speaking to a different person because while she's sell- while she's telling him this, he's got his head down, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And she said then all of a sudden he looks up at her and makes eye contact and he doesn't look like the same person. He doesn't, it's just weird. Like it's almost like his demeanor's changed and not saying he's like possessed or anything like that. Yeah. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't think that. But anyways, Um, and he says, quote, well, it took you fucking long enough. Mm. She confronted him about the semen that was found and he got pissed. He flipped the table and punched a wall and then left the room. So this was the first time that Charity had ever seen his real 
personality, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, and it scared her. The case was pretty much cut and dry. Um, they wanted to make sure that Paris stayed in prison as long as possible, as long as, you know, the sentence would allow, because he's still 13. If it would have happened five years later or something like that, he could have been out. I mean, he, he could have gotten the death sentence, but they didn't do that because they can't because he's only 13, which I find weird because I know in some places, in some cases, I feel like there have been kids that have gotten less sentence, a lifetime sentence, a lifetime. Yeah. Hmm. Or something like that. I feel like there's a case and maybe it depends on what you do. (laughs) Probably like somewhere up, like in Germany or somewhere over there. Maybe. Because in the USA, I don't think there's ever been a life sentence because they can't do that. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking about some other country. Yeah. So, in the first years of his sentence, he didn't open up to anyone. He didn't even want to see his mother, which I can't believe that she, she, she actually, like, stood by him. She still stands by him. Not that she thinks he's innocent, innocent. or anything. She just says that he's still my son at the end of the day. Yeah. Which I can't even, I don't know how I would act. I mean, I have a son and a daughter, so I don't know what, I don't know what I would do. But I know... I would probably still love them, but it'd take me a long time to go see them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so she definitely is the definition of a mother's love. Mm-hmm. Paris later admits that he had planned the attack on Ella. He not only wanted to kill his sister, he wanted his mom to suffer. His goal was to take both of her children away from her. By killing his sister, he did just that because he was in prison and she was, you know, dead and Ella was dead and so she didn't have any kids. Paris was evaluated by the prison doctors and he was deemed to be a true psychopath, to have true psychopathic behavior and narcissistic personality disorder, which obviously. Um, He did finally let Charity visit him. And when she did, he started tormenting her more. Mm -hmm. He told her, um, I killed Ella because I wanted to punish you because you relapsed. He even told her, quote, by the way, I enjoy watching your pain. Charity became close to cutting off her son forever, but she decided that, um, not to do that because it's still her son, like I said before. Um, he also, like over the years has given like a little bit of information at a time. Mm-hmm. So he later years later, he said that he actually didn't he actually uh sexually assaulted her that night, Ella, and then he didn't want anybody he didn't want her to tell anybody, so he covered it up by killing her, which I don't really know if I believe that, but yeah. that's just one of the things he said. And he also, like I said, is t- he like tells different stories and almost like he's just hurting his mother over time by giving her bits of information and not actually telling her well maybe he did but she can't tell what the truth is or not yeah so charity visited him one time in at prison and he he physically assaulted her this time he flipped a table because he got mad pinned her up against the wall and started choking her and then right before like basically she was about to pass out um he let her go and after that she was like i know that if he ever got she says that she knows that if he ever got out he would kill her 
Like, he yeah. feels like, she feels like he would come after her and um, her son, because she has an, another son now. His name is Phoenix. And um, so the interview that I was talking about at the beginning of this, it was an interview with Pierce Morgan. And you can go watch it. Um, but it was pretty interesting to watch. But in it, Pierce asked him if he ever knows, like, if he if he even knows what love is. Because he said that he loved Ella with every fiber of his, of his being. And he said, well, I don't know how to answer that. We don't have time to go into what love is. There isn't just one thing I could point at and say, oh yeah, that's what love is. Almost like he was trying to say that he had never been shown love or anything like that. Hmm. Charity was watching in the other room and she said, I've heard him say this before, basically. And she said, it, it makes me mad because all he has to do is point at me and know that's what love is because I'm still here, you yeah. know? So, um, but we know, and this is what some of the doctors that were watching him do this interview were saying that psychopathic people with tendencies don't know how to feel emotion. They don't know mm -hmm. how to feel, they don't know what love is. Um, and also there are some narcissists that don't know. <laughs> they just kind of put on this like mask and they put on this show because that's what they think love is or that's what they think these certain emotions are. Mm -hmm. But um, he was emotionalist the whole time through this interview. You know, he said at one point it was because Pierce Morgan asked him that, like, why have you not shown any emotion? And he said, I can't because I have to go back out into that place, talking about prison, and I have to face these monsters and these people. So if I, if I look like I've been upset or something like that, they'll target me. Which that's stupid. you could, I mean, I kind of understand what he's talking about, but you can also show some sort of emotion and and get yourself together before you walk back in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's kind of showing um, that he thinks that people are out to get him um, psychopathic tendencies as well, because you think that people are talking about you, trying to um, hurt you. I'm sure people heard him, but probably not in that way. Maybe that's what he's thinking. Well, he said that he felt alone the whole time in his childhood, and he felt left out. And his mom, you know, Charity, she was upset about this because she, like she said, I've heard him say this before, and she said, I don't understand that because for the longest time it was just me and him. Yeah. Like, my whole world revolved around him. And Ella was only four when she when he did this so it's not like there was only four if 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 she got all the attention he didn't which his her mom said that that you know that was not the not case true. i didn't yeah. i tried not to give one more attention than the other but it was only four years like it's not like it was years and years, years of and trauma. years of yeah of his I sister think, getting all the attention, blah, blah, blah. I think he's just a brat, and he didn't get all the attention from his mommy, and he got upset and he killed her. Yeah. Period blank. I think that's all the issue was. And he says it's because, you know, he, he did say that... What was it? He said that... Um, he knows that there's a monster inside of him, is what he said. But he swore that if 
he ever got out. He would not go after his his brother. He would not go after his mom. Like, he said that, because Pierce Morgan was like, how do we, like, we're just supposed to take your word for it. Yeah. Like, and he said, I know that I am the way that I am, but if it ever came down to it, I would take myself out before I did that. He said, I've changed a lot in being in here, which people can change in prison. I mean, yeah. that is a fact. Um, and if he's been in there since he was 13, like, you know, but the doctors that were watching the interview, they just seemed to think that he was just, te- just saying those words, not really, you know, like he was trying to convince them to let him go. Yeah. <laughs> like he was preparing for his parole hearing, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I can't say one way or another if he's changed or not. I mean, nobody I really knows has. if somebody's changed or not. You would just have to evaluate them over time, um, yeah. which I'm sure they're probably doing in prison. I'm sure he probably goes to therapists and stuff like that. Obviously, there's not a diagnosis for being a psychopath, but he does show traits and characteristics, and it's, they've classified him as one. He also... Um, claims he can't rationalize what he did to Ella because he isn't the same like I said he's not the same person that he was 12 years ago because this interview was in uh, 2019 Mm -hmm. so he says he can't really because Pierce Morgan was like can you like give us an example like why did you do this like you know this doesn't seem like a rational thing to do and he just said I can't because I'm not the same person um, so he will be released, like I said, February 2047 and possible for parole in, tw- in 2027, but I doubt he gets parole. Um, she did say at the end, his mom did, said at the end of the thing that, um, cause Pierce Morgan was like, you know that you have to like leave. I mean, as much as you love him, are you going to take the risk of if he gets out, him not coming after you. Yeah, you're going to have to go somewhere. You and your son. And and she said, if it came down to it, and I felt like we were unsafe, you know, before he gets out, she said, I know I'm going to have to make that decision at some point. Um, which, if he doesn't get out till 2047, I mean, that's a long time from now. Um, but yeah, so that is the case um, of Ella. Um Bennett and Paris Bennett, who who took her life, um, which is crazy to me that a thirteen year old can do that. Do that, um, but I will say this: I'm I'm not saying that the mom did anything wrong by no means. I'm saying that the system probably failed him because if they really had those papers on him when he went to that psychiatric facility he should have he should have had way more extensive uh help than what he had he should have stayed there way longer yeah or he should have been in therapy you know at least once a week or something like that and that's one of the things that we need to as parents we need to understand like if your kid has any sort of like even if you think that it's something small like maybe they just are fascinated with death or something like that they, you probably need to take them to like a therapist just to get them to talk to which I know it it's it sucks like as a parent I know like thinking about your kid being in therapy because you think they might be crazy like yeah. <laughs> you, you you almost don't want to do it because you're like well what if they just automatically 
just because they like horror films or something like that, what if they just automatically assume they're crazy because of that? But I think therapists can pretty much weed out, like, what kids are imaginative about and what kids actually mean, you know, once they start talking to them. There's a difference between personality and then also something deeper than a personality and wanting something deeper. Yeah. You know, you can like certain things. Like, I go to my therapist. I tell her I like horror movies. She hasn't told me I'm a psychopath. Exactly. And my kid, like, my daughter, she's eight, and she likes horror films. Not some, you know, really, really bad ones, but um, she likes scary stories and things like that. And, but she also, like, the other night we watched Marley and Me, and she swore she wasn't going to cry. And I was like, yeah, that's bullshit. And uh, she <laughs> yeah. did. So she can show emotion. So yeah. if she wouldn't have cried or she comes to me and she then says. We probably would have Yeah. Had a and she comes to me and she says, I watched this horror film and somebody got their head chopped off. And that was so cool. And I'm just like, okay, well. That's <laughs> you know? not all right. Or if she never gets scared about anything or something like that, that's different. But um, yeah, I mean, just. Try to pay attention to your kids, and I'm not saying that sh- that Charity didn't, and um, you well, know this did kind of by all, sending her. Yeah, send she him. did the right thing by sending yeah. him to the psychiatric ward because most parents, we've seen tons of uh, instances where the parents should have done a lot of things, and then they grow up to be serial killers. So, you know, she yeah. definitely did the right thing. Um, just the system is what failed him because she was probably thinking these doctors know what they're talking about he's fine and this happened really quickly i mean by 11 he was in the psychiatric ward by 13 he did this so it was only three years you know if anything she was probably thinking because i would be like okay he needs help and we'll get it you know but maybe life just kept getting in the way or something like that but it what it he never physically hurt anybody so you know i would be thinking the same thing i would be thinking well, he went to the psychiatric ward. You know, he's gotten help. It's probably his hormones. Like yeah, or something. He just got anger issues. So, yeah, she she definitely was in shock. Um, she has said before whenever she heard what uh, happened. So, but anyways, just remember to um, talk to your kids and just kind of understand them more. Because we could probably save the world. A lot of heartache heartache <laughs> maybe because some yeah some parents definitely but then you have people like ted bundy who grew up a normal ass life yeah. and didn't there's start murdering until it's later crazy, on because there's a lot of serial killers not not majority but a little bit that have had a normal household but somehow grew up like that like that's crazy to me well, his just, household was pretty normal yeah you know yeah I just feel like some people have this state where they don't have emotion and all they feel is anger. Like you think and they're born that way? Yeah, I think they're born that way, like something in their brain. Have y'all talked about that, like in class, um, like psych- psychology class? Yeah, sometimes, but we I haven't dived that deep into it. I'm yeah. just in like abnormal psychology, like the bare minimum. But there has been some cases we talked about where there's just people that don't feel emotion. And the only emotion they feel is anger, so they keep going to that emotion because it's all they feel. Mm -hmm. And so they want to give it more juice, Mm -hmm. so that's why they kill people because it's like the only emotion. Imagine if it was the only emotion you You could feel, you would do anything to get it back. 
So I can't imagine not feeling any other emotion or any emotion at all. Yeah. Like I'm very emotional. <laughs> Same. That's and that's like my daughter, she's super emotional. She's she'll cry one minute and laugh the next. <laughs> so yeah, I can't imagine that. But anyways, alright guys. Well, we will um talk to you next time. And yeah, by the way, Hannah is in psychology classes and that's gonna be her second major, so yeah. she'll have some input on from here on out for us as far as uh you know, what she thinks from a psychological standpoint of all these cases. But, um, yeah. so yeah, we will talk to you guys next week. We hope you have a fantastic week and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.